Praise God. Good evening. How many know that God is interested in you? And God wants the best for you. He wants the blessed for you. And there are so many ways in which he entreats us and entrusts us. But we also know that one of the most popular ways that we interact with each other as well as with God is with money. And how many of you know when you got little kids, and we tend to do it as adults, we get greeting cards. And the first thing we do is we feel it. Have you ever had kids at a birthday party where they open it up and they close it and go? It's like, because there's no money in it? It's like, that's not the point of a greeting card. But when there is money in it, we get excited. So we're starting a new series tonight. The name of the series is Money Talks, because money talks. And we need to talk about money. So tonight's series, I titled it, In God We Trust. You see, God gives us skills, physical ability to earn and to work and, and to earn money. As essential as money is, we use it the way that we choose to use it, but God has a purpose for its use, and that is to be a blessing to ourselves as well as to others. If we misuse it, it can be detrimental to our relationship with God. You see, at the end of the day, we must come to realize that as Christians, what we earn is his, and we are entrusted to return a portion of it. And I know, I know, I know. Tonight, as we talk a lot, the emphasis will be on tithing. I know that tithing is not in the New Testament. But does that matter? The point is, is that we don't have anything that God has not given to us, and God has asked us to give a portion of it back. So what's the argument? There really shouldn't be one. It's popular nowadays to talk about a digital footprint. We all talk about digital footprints and whether or not our life activities affect the climate change. But however, from a Christian perspective, each of us has a financial footprint, and it is documented in whether or not we are actively giving to God. So, okay, this is not gonna be one of those messages where Ushers, lock the door, nobody leaves until we take up a tithe and offering. That's not the point of this series. The point of this series is to educate you and to teach you how to learn, why to learn, and what happens when you give back to God. Your financial footprint is telling you whether or not your heart is in the things that God has asked our heart to be. Your bank statement would validate where your heart is. If you say you've got a heart for God, will your bank statement validate that? In God we trust is where? It's printed on our money. You see, these two dollars, one was a one dollar bill and one was a $20 bill. They were heading back to the mint because they, they had kind of worn their time through being passed around on earth and being spent. And so the $20 said to the one dollar bill, Man, life is great as a $20 bill. And the $1 bill says, yeah, well, where have you been? And the $20 bill says, I've been to the greatest places on earth. I've been at mansions. I've been to Vegas. I've been everywhere. And the $1 bill said, wow, really? You've been to all those great places? And the $20 bill says, well, yeah, where have you been? You're a $1 bill. You've probably been many places too. 
And the $1 bill looked at the $20 bill that had been all over the world in magnificent places. And the $1 bill says, well, I've just gone from church to church to church to church. And the $20 bill says, what is a church? Where and how we spend our money is very important because God gives it to us. God gives us all things to enjoy. So here we go. In God we trust. Can you say that with me? In God we trust. Money has a big voice and it influences just about every aspect of our lifestyle. No matter how much or how little we have, if it's torn up, if it's tethered, if it's scrunched up, God entrusts us with money. Now, many, many challenges in life can come our way. And a lot of times when stuff comes our way that we don't like or that we're uncomfortable with, we might put it off, we might put it aside, we might just downright ignore it until the challenge comes that affects our money. We trust God with our money, that's really his money that he entrusts us with. That's kind of strange. You think about it. We trust God. I'm just trusting God to give me money. We trust God with our money. That's his money that he trusts with us. As a result, we develop a it's mine mentality. That's not your money. You see, my goal tonight is to untangle the confusion about giving to God. So what do you need to know about giving to God? We're gonna start out by explaining the principle of tithing. Can you say that with me? The principle of tithing. It starts out with Malachi 3.10. It goes like this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the floodgates, the windows of heaven, and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Let's unpack this and figure out what this means. You see, God had instructed the Israelites to give up the first fruit of their crops so that they could understand the value of God's blessing. A tithe is 10% of your income that you give first, and an offering is anything extra after that. The tithe was commanded, and it's holy unto the Lord. These gifts were a reminder that everything belonged to God, and a portion was given back to God to thank him for what they received. Until you've tithed, and you've paid all your bills and your expenses, then you can use the extra money in your budget to give even more. This concept and display of faith is one of the most challenging and defiantly controversial principles of Christianity. You see, we need to learn to give God what's right and not what's left. Hold that thought for a second. Give God what's right, not what is left. So let's understand how dollar for dollar this principle works. Every dollar earned for every 10 cents goes back to God. We get $1, God gets 10 cents. We get $10, God gets $1. Let's put the graph up here. So 
Here's a chart in case you're wondering, well, what's the tithe, what's 10%? If your income is $500 and you give 50 bucks, if your income is $5,000, you give $500. <gasps> That's a lot of money. It's the same. You have to realize this. The good thing about God is God is no respecter of person, and everybody gives the same. It's not like if you earn $50, you give this amount, this percentage. The percentage never changes. Can we read this about tithing? I have because I give. I give because I have. Let's read that part again. I have because I give. I give because I have. The tithe is my obedience. The offering is my love. Praise God. Praise God. I'm gonna go back up to why we are giving to God. So this is why we give to God. This is why. So that we can understand the value of God's blessings. We all wanna be blessed, but we need to understand those blessings, where they come, why they come, how they come. And we need to be able to thank him for everything that we have received because we don't have anything that God has not given us and everything that we have belongs to him. So we can understand his blessings and thank him for what he's done. And we do that because of Malachi 3.11. We read this a minute ago, but let's read it again. Malachi 3.11 says this. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Okay, so we're not farmers, I get it. But what does that really mean? It really means that God will protect you. If you give God something to work with, he'll work with that. God will protect you. It's hard, sometimes people say the tithe, I can't afford to give to God. You can't afford not to give to God because God will protect you. My car broke down many years ago, my car broke down, I had given my tithe, I was trusting God, and here we go. My car broke down. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. But my car broke down at a gas station. You see, here I am thinking, oh my goodness, my car broke down, but I started looking at it from a different perspective. You know, the enemy is going to always try and get in there and find a reason to get you to not think about the way God can and will protect you. Okay, the car broke down, but where was I? Stranded on the highway? Nope. Where was I? I was at a gas station. I'm like, Satan failed. He failed. I could just see the meeting in heaven. It's like, break her car down. He couldn't get to me until I got to a safe, comfortable place. And all I did was roll in, broke down. They fixed it. I left. I was good to go. My tithe was paid. My God had protected me. And I was on my way. And I just had the... You have to understand that when God says he will protect you, he will protect you. That doesn't mean that things won't happen to you. Because if things didn't happen to you, what would he have to do to protect you? Think about that. God's going to protect me. That doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen to you. It just means he's going to do exactly that. How can you tell if you've been protected if there's no reason for you to be protected? Do you get my point? So we want to make sure that we're giving right. Because I thought about this, and I found this. It says, you should give according to your income. At least God make your income, uh-oh, according to your giving. 
Think about that. It's like, wait a minute, I want to be obedient to God. See, we aren't to be challenged by God's command. God called the command on himself. He said, test me in this. He said, I'm gonna, he didn't say I'm gonna test you. God said, test me, test me. In other words, God said, bring it. He said, bring it, I can do it. Whatever it is you need, I can do it. Whatever it is you need, I can meet that need. He has a storehouse. We just read, bring the tithe to the storehouse. God has a storehouse. God does not have a closet. He's got a storehouse, and Amazon's got nothing on his storehouse. Absolutely nothing. Can you imagine? God doesn't use prime. God uses perfect, his good and perfect will for each and every one of you. This is where and why we learn to obey him. This is where and why we learn to trust and give to him. And if it is in God we trust, then it's in God we trust. Tithing is the obedience to God. Will you say this with me? Tithing is obedience to God. Tithing is honoring to God. Tithing is pleasing to God. And when God is pleased, you don't have to be concerned about anything. The word says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? When enemies stand against me, my God, and my, my God will protect me. The Lord will protect you. I have no fear of enemies. I have no fear of consternation. I have no fear of anything because I know, I know, I know, I know God can, he will, he has protected me. He uses perfect, not prime. He's got a storehouse, not a closet. He blesses me every day. So what do we do now? Now, We've talked about what you need to know. Now let me tell you what you need to do about giving to God. See, we need to expel the fear of giving to God. We all have a heart for God or we wouldn't be in here. But sometimes when we have the principles of God, we don't really know how to apply them to our life or wherever we are in our walk with God, we have fear but I wanna expel the fears of giving to God because God has asked us to give. And even if he didn't ask us, we should have a heart to give to him because he's already given to us. God has given to us all things that we need and all things to enjoy. And if, if he didn't say, well then just give me back so that you can understand the value of my blessing, so that you can thank me for what I've done, if he didn't say that, it should be innate in our heart, if we've got a heart for God, to be able to say, Lord, thank you, I wanna trust you and obey and give back to you what's already yours. And if he didn't say those things, I would wanna say, Lord, what can I do to thank you? So here's my offering unto you. So let's expel those fears that we have. You see, I'm gonna put a picture up and I wanna ask you something. Is it your natural instinct to give or to take? A little boy went to church, and his, his mom let him go to church with the neighbors, and he came home, and she said, how did you like church? He said, I loved it, it was great. Look what I got. <laughs> and she looked at him, and she said, 
did you get that money? He said, well, they were passing this plate around, and I turned around, and I saw my two friends, and it looked like they were taking the money out. Can you put that picture back up? Everything is a matter of our perspective. He thought they were taking the money out, so when the plate came to him, he took some. <laughs> but they weren't. They were giving to God, and we need to teach our kids to give to God. Our perspective of life is always going to be different from God's perspective anytime we're doing anything. So is it your natural instinct to give or to take? You see, the Bible says this. When we're in circumstances or situations that are challenging to us, Proverbs 38 says this. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. When we get up in the morning and we pray to God, we should ask him, Lord, keep, keep falsehood and lies far from me. But give me my daily bread. And there you are, in prayer, asking God for something that he earnestly wants to provide, that he earnestly has already provided. God is a God that we can trust. So I want to ask you this. What need do you have that God can't meet you don't. What circumstance do you have that God won't see you through? What situation do you have? What illness do you have that God can't heal? If God is your God, then he's your God. And if it's in God, we trust and we trust. See, Abraham was faced with a dilemma, a dilemma in giving back to God. God told him, you take your son and sacrifice him. Whoa. God doesn't ask for things like that of us anymore. Thank God we don't have to have sacrificial things. We just have to give of our tithe. You can give online. You can give by way of text. You can give to the ushers on the way out the door. But Abraham believed God. He took his son Isaac and went up on the hill. And when he got to the hill and he laid him down and he was ready to sacrifice him, he heard the bleeding of a sheep in his back. God provided. But God will sometimes take you all the way up to 11.59 and 59 seconds. But if you say you trust, don't make a decision at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11.52 or 11.58 that's against what God has asked you to do. God will always provide for you. And he will always be on time. We say that we can't afford to give to God. But how is it that we come to church and we clap and we shout and we raise our hands and we praise and we proclaim to trust God with all of our brothers and sisters here in church? We trust him, yes we do. We believe in God, yes we do. And then we stop short of putting our faith into action. We stop short of really trusting God when it comes time to giving of the tithe and the offering. You see, that's why the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and not to be wise in your own eyes but to fear the Lord and to depart from evil. Your fear should be of the Lord not of 
well, I can't pay this bill because the creditors are going to come after me. God will take care of those creditors. He will. He has provided for you up to today. You got up this morning. You ate today. You had clothes to put on. You had a job to go to. As high as gas is, we had gas in our cars. God has provided. God will not stop. He can't. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there is no circumstance, no situation that we can go through that he is not already on the other side saying, come on. Amen. I see you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Everything we have ultimately belongs to God. Does God need your money? Wow. So let me start all over again. Tonight, we're starting a new series about money talks, because your money does talk. Your money tells us where you, what tells you how you spend it, but we also need to talk about money. Money, on money, it's printed, in God we trust. Does God need your money? No. Because it's in God we trust. Amen? God does not need your money. So what can you expect when you give? Let's talk about this. We want to talk about enjoying the benefit of giving to God. Can you say that with me? Enjoying the benefit of giving to God. It is a benefit of giving to God. And we should be, give it joyfully. It's like, oh, I'm counting this my money. I got, I got bills due and I got this and we need food. and We know, but who knows it more? Because he's provided all those things. I started out by saying that God has provided all of us with talents and abilities to earn money. So he already knows what you can do, and he already knows what you're going to earn, and all he's asking you for is that you understand the value of giving to him, and you thank him for all that he's done. I said that in the very beginning, and that was exactly what God said when he asked the Israelites for the tenth. You see, God pays attention to when you give. God pays attention to what you give. Now, we have a different perspective, but God will always have a plan for your well-being. You see, Jesus saw some rich people putting their gifts, they're taking their gifts to the temple. We're the rich people. We've got our gifts. We're taking them to the temple. And then Jesus saw a poor widow. And she came to the temple while everybody was pouring their baskets of money. And although it wasn't anywhere near the temple, the, the tithe, because they were rich. It was just what they decided to give. She put in two copper coins into the box. And Jesus said this. He said, I'll tell you the truth. This poor widow gave only two small coins. But she gave more than all these rich people. Because she gave all that she had. They gave some of what they had. They gave a little of what they had. They gave a morsel of what they had so that they can go and finish enjoying their lives the rest. She gave all that she had, and Jesus noticed that. You may think that God doesn't notice what you're doing when you give, when you start out those baby steps, because believe me, I understand those baby steps. For me, tithe and offering was an aspiration I had to growing, maturing in Christ many years ago. And it took some doing, it took some thought process, took some budgeting, it took a lot of stuff. And finally it just took doing it. But that's what God wants us to do. 
See, the widow changed the mindset that we have that says, when I get more, I'll give more. She gave everything. There was no more to get. She wasn't waiting. She wasn't holding out. She was just, I believe in God. This is what we're supposed to do, and I'm going to do it by God Almighty. I trust that he will take care of me. And that's the mindset that we need to have when we're giving to God. And here's why. Again, it's your perception. God says this. You can try and figure out what he's going to do and how he's going to take care of you and how is this going to work and, oh, my goodness, this and that. But he says this. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. Can we all say this together? My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. You can't figure God out. You can't. Your thoughts are not his. His thoughts are not ours. His ways are not ours. He will provide for you. And I know that there are many of you that have a testimony that one day God did something for you. It's like, oh, wow, how'd that work out? God blessed you. God blessed you. You may not have recognized it as his blessing, but God blessed you. Use that as a point of reference in your mind when God blesses you because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he didn't bless you because you were good that day. And he didn't bless you because you prayed the day before. God blessed you because you are his child. And he wants the best and the blessed for every single one of his children. Amen. So a few weeks ago, I was saying, you know, we, we want to find those testimonies of people because God has blessed each and every one of us here. But I threw the challenge out. I said, you know what? I know that there are people here that God has blessed you in an extraordinary way. And we need to be able to come together and shout. Because again, if God blesses us, so that we can understand the value of giving. And if God blesses us so that we can thank him for what he's done, yes, we need to say thank you, Lord. But collectively as a congregation, we need to hear and we need to understand when God blesses, he's no respecter of person. So if he's blessed my sister here and my brother there, it helps encourage you to know that God can bless me too, and maybe I should start giving to God and get that blessing. And then when you get it, you can't hold it up in yourself because you're so excited that God blessed you. God, amen. God will bless you. So I want to tell you about someone here in our congregation. Here's what she said. She said, I can't say enough of God's grace and being obedient to the Holy Spirit. That's a grateful heart. She said, when most people were losing their homes and their businesses, God was seeing me through a storm. Back in 2020, she was in awe of God's goodness. Having lost a job that she'd had for 17 years, 
followed by multiple surgeries of hips and knees, exhausting all state disabilities and allowances, zero income, having to rely on her kids to help her pay bills, Moving out of her house that she'd been in for years, she found herself living with her mom, and then her mom needed her to care for her. She said, having only God to turn to even more. Hoping and praying daily and drawing closer to him, building up my faith and having hope in the unseen. I've always known about tithing ever since I was a young age. I came to church and I didn't know if it was a Sunday or a Wednesday, she said, and I heard the voice of God say, give. So she gave. All she had was $46 to her name. That's all she had. And a little bit of money in her bank account. In faith, she gave the $46 that she had and just said, I'm all in, God. Here you go. About a week later, she received an envelope, plain envelope, one of those ones that we look at and we toss in the garbage because we think it's junk mail. But she opened it. To her disbelief, all those times that she had been filling out paperwork for her surgeries and her disability and, and everything, what she didn't realize that God was going like this, pulling all this together pulling the culmination of her faith together. While he was pulling all this together, in her mind, she was learning to give, I have nothing. What do you do when you have nothing? When you start with nothing, you basically have most of it left over. God was doing his work for her in her spirit and in her heart and in her mind, she opened that letter that she thought was junk mail. And giving glory to God, he blessed her with $46,000 of back pay that she needed from that $46 that she gave in church one day because she heard, see how you're shouting? See how you're shouting? Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord, you're shouting, you're excited, you're motivated. Why? God didn't bless you, God bless her. But we know it's in God we trust. We know it's in God we trust. She said, I glorify God with the many thanks of honoring him and giving me a humble spirit. And I've spoken to this woman a few times, and she has a very humble spirit, but when you talk to her, it just exudes the love of God and the belief and the trust that she has in God. She says, I was on the brink of literally losing everything, but God was on time like always, and her message to you is, we just need to pray and be still. Rosa Maria Romero, please stand, and so we can thank God for how he has blessed you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't say enough about God's grace and being be obedient to the Holy Spirit, only having God to turn to. He was with me through the storm. God is faithful. God bless you and thank you for your testimony. Because God is good. We need to learn to give to God with the boldness of faith in your time of need. Boldness of faith in your time of need. When we're in our time of need, we don't give to God. When we're in our time of need, that's when you need to be in your prayer closet, 
so that he can take care of you from the storehouse. In your time of need, come to God in the boldness of everything that you've got. Give and it will be given to you. When God blesses, he blesses abundantly. Freely we have received, so freely we need to give. Giving to God strategically places you in alignment to receive. I'm going to say that again because I want somebody to catch that tonight. Because like, oh yeah, we heard about giving tonight. Giving to God strategically places you in alignment to receive from God. In order for the windows of heaven to be open, for God to pour out a blessing, you got to be under the window. Ever thought about that? You got to be under the window. And giving to God strategically places you there. God wants to bless his people when our faith and our actions proclaim in God we trust. So whose name is on the dollar bill? Then whose money is it? Then what are you doing with it? <laughs> when God blesses, he blesses abundantly. He blesses according to his riches and glory. I want you to say, after everything I ask you and every statement that I say, here's your response. In God we trust. Let's practice. In God we trust. Do you need a lottery ticket? Do you need a check cashing loan that's going to cost you an exorbitant amount of interest? That's right. Do you need that mailer that comes in the mail that says you've been approved for $50,000 just sign here? Will you have enough money when you give to God? Can you be debt free when you give to God? Can you pay your bills and take care of your family and the car and maintain your house? Will you have more than enough when you give to God? Don't ask God for money. Ask God to bless you because he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Again, he's no respecter of person. In God we trust. You don't need anything else. You don't need anybody else. You don't need any more money. All you need is what? In God we trust. Amen and hallelujah. In God we trust. He is our God. He is our provider. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. So I want to encourage you and I want to inspire you tonight. I know that talking about tithing, talking about money, talking about giving, I know that's not popular. But you know, as a Christian, that's not popular. Amen? You have family members, friends, people at work. The minute you tell them you're a Christian, everything changes. You see, we didn't become Christians to be popular. We became Christians because we believe in God, because we trust God, because we want to be obedient to his principles. Amen. Amen. And so when we come to church and we hear the word and we hear about someone who's been blessed by God, we get excited. We're excited for you, Rosa Maria. Not only because if God's done something for you, but it's just like, well, if he's going to do it for you, guess what? I've said this three times now. God is no respecter of person. So what does that mean? He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. And more than anything, he's already done it for you. Give and it will be given unto you. Press down and shaken together. He is our God. This is how we need to have this relationship with Christ. This is how we need to have this relationship with each other. We will have a time to just rejoice and shout. When God gives us the opportunity 
to give of our tithe and offering, when we come up and we say that, we realize, again, the value of giving to God and being able to thank him for what he's done. Amen? God is good. And all the time. Amen. And God bless you. The ushers, as usual, this is nothing special tonight, but they do have the provisions for you to give to God on your way out tonight. I want you to understand that God loves you. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves the grumpy givers. God loves the reluctant givers. And God loves the resilient givers. But you can have confidence in this one thing, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. At the time that you accepted, accepted him as your Lord and Savior, then you need to allow him to continue to be your Lord and Savior. Because what? In God we trust. God bless you and amen. Good night.